Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Davis, Director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities. Welcome. I'm glad you are joining us and are listening to us. I have a repeat guest of such a special nature, Dr. Julie Gentili, Professor of Psychiatry at the Boone Shop School of Medicine, Wright State University. Most of you probably know Dr. Gentili or know of her, and we do a lot of work with her, and we're so grateful for that. But we want to talk about today is our youth, what we consider multi-system youth. And we want to talk about some of the basics of just how you first engage families and what can you do? What can our system be doing if we think about it conceptually or ideally? How can we begin to support and help families and certainly individuals uh, and individuals as we move forward? So Dr. Gentili, thank you so much for being with us and me again, you know we love it. Thank you, so let's do, uh, Thanks for having me. Let's do. Let's let's start out, right? And here's a family and a, and a child with. It could be autism. It could be any number of things. And then, so how do we begin? You know, to how do we begin to think about supporting families? And let's just start with, with what you and I have talked about, which is just that nature of being human de- beings and wanting that connection and feeling like there's some support. Yeah, I think that's an important concept because um, when a family has uh, multi-system youth um, at, at their home, it's very likely that they're going to be interfacing with multiple systems. So that could include the mental health system or uh, the, certainly the, the medical system, the healthcare system, uh, among other interdisciplinary and multidisciplinary um, resources in the community. I think it's important for the family to have points of contact and to have a go-to person so that they know who to reach out to, to get connected. So about that the nature of being a human, um, so the nature of attachments and building relationships. And the most important thing is that people don't feel alone, that they feel there's someone to reach out to, that there's someone uh, to support them in in this journey of of providing care for and raising a child with with um, with who is involved in multiple systems and how to strategize and organize the care for that child, whether it's a, uh, a young child or an adolescent. And those changes will, will, um, will adapt along the way. They'll change. So someone's needs at a young age will be very different than the needs of an adolescent um, who is a multi-system youth, for example. But I think the, what, what a lot of families struggle with, uh, families that I interface with, is who to call and how to reach out for help and how to connect with resources. I think that that changes over time. Uh, We talked about the fact that there's a lot of turnover in a lot of these systems. So you may work with a a pediatrician, you may work with a psychiatrist, you may work with a sensory uh, specialist, behavior support specialist, and that those individuals may change over time. Certainly if you're working with, um, uh, DSPs or, or an SSA, that can change over time too. So I think it's about the relationship and, and being able to reach out when you need support of some type and, um, and having someone on the, on the other end. Oh, I appreciate that. And if you want to say more, please do, because I don't think we can overemphasize enough 
the value of a relationship between a family and a professional with that professional one both having that human touch and having a, a bit of a professional expertise to go along with that is that fair to say I think that's really fair to say. I think oftentimes families will be in situations where they don't know where to start. Maybe there are behavioral issues. Maybe, um, maybe there are uh, medical conditions and they're not sure how to link with the right resources. And frequently with individuals, uh, child, children and adolescents who have intellectual and developmental conditions, Sometimes we don't have those answers right away. Sometimes it takes a while for us to collect information and do detective work and determine the etiology of behavior change. For example, uh, an individual may um, present with aggression or agitation, for example. That could be a, an acute medical condition. It could be an acute psychiatric condition. Um, it could be a transition, uh, a grief or loss issue. It could be a lot of things. So the family is left with that question. Who do we reach out to? How do we address the situation? Um, where is help? Um, who is here to help us? And so I think that there has to be the, the point person in the developmental disability system and then a, a point person in the mental health system. And we need to form a team around that individual. That team will look different for each individual. Um, that's the concept of intersectionality, where we don't want to make a blanket statement or or um, create a team that's going to work for each individual. That's It's going to look different. It could involve the educational system. It could involve the justice system. It could involve um, several medical professionals, for example. So we're going to create a team around an individual. Um, but we want to make sure that the family has a resource that they can connect with um, when they're not sure who to call first, for example. And one of the things that I found fascinating over the years is that when there's behavior change, um, we don't always have the answers. And so we need to work together. We need to ask questions. Um, I always have more objective data because we may have less subjective data. Um, but there are ways to get from point A to point B and link people with resources. As long as we're working together as a team, um, there's many appointments where I don't know what the answer is. I'm not sure what I can do to help the individual or the family. And so I share that openly. I think we have to be honest about those situations, but we have a team. And so I can get um, together with the team of people working surrounding that individual and we'll come up with ideas. So you have to have a game plan. So the game plan might be, we need to have the individual assessed by a pediatrician um, to rule out medical conditions. We need to get lab work. We need to have a sensory assessment. We need to have uh, speech, um, a, a speech therapist work with the individual. Um, oftentimes it's counseling or psychotherapy. That's the answer when, um, uh, for a lot of questions in the mental health arena. For example, if someone's had experienced trauma, for example, that person can talk to a family member, that person can talk to a professional in a psychotherapy relationship. So that may look different and it may take time. We don't, um, whenever I have a, an issue or a change in front of me in my office, I always remind myself, I don't have to solve this in 30 minutes or in 60 minutes. It probably didn't happen in 30 minutes. Um, so let's be thoughtful and intentional. You covered a lot there. So we can start to take that 
perhaps in some of those pieces. But I think what you're saying also is all along this process, it is essential that you take the family along with you. Yeah, that's very accurate. And I, I, I think it's important to remember that the, the individuals um, that are supporting, um, that the family members of the individual, it's, it's important to support them as well and to listen to them. Um, so a lot of the family members that I interface with, they're providing 24-7 care for their family member. Um, there, it's it has caused disruptions in their lives, um, and and well as um, siblings of the individual, the multi-system youth, for example. So I think we need to take that into consideration and and encourage people to take care of themselves, um, their own preventive care, their own um, socialization needs, their own integration into the community. And so instead of um, their entire lives um, being caregivers, for example, make sure that we look at role designation. So is mom able to be a mom? Is a sister able to be a sister? And are they acting in that role designation in addition to being a caregiver, for example? How is that affecting the family dynamics? How is that affecting um, other individuals and their educational process, their employment process, their programming, et cetera? So I think that uh, it's important to Look at the family as a unit, um, and that uh, there's no there's no definition of a family, um, right? So, so whatever, however that family defines themselves, um, is does everyone um, have their needs taken care of? Um, and and I think that for a lot of families that I work with and have over the years, it's a matter of being available to them and to listening to them. Um, hearing their story and their perspectives. I think that we often focus on the the individual and the patient, and that's certainly a priority. But if we have aging parents that aren't taking care of themselves, or if we have um, siblings of individuals who are multi-system youth that um, are not that don't have their needs met, I think we have to look at the family as a unit and encourage people to, seek resources that they need to be healthy and to have um, solid relationships. Where do you see that we have gaps that we might uh, begin to address just to accomplish these things, a, a continual interaction with families where they feel supported and this sort of multidisciplinary approach to put around the family? Where, where do we have gaps in your mind that we can improve? There's a lack of collaboration in interface among the systems. I think that some of that's natural because you're working in different areas, but when you have a multi-system youth, you need the behavioral health system to work with the um, developmental disability system, for example. <clears throat> I think those linkages need to happen at all levels. I think it needs to be at the statewide level, but I also think it needs to be at the local level. And so that means that the family, where, where they're located in their geographic area, they will need to um, form a network, uh, for example. And that may include other families um, for support, for advice, to uh, share experiences. Um, it, it may in, in, and hopefully involves the County Board of Developmental Disabilities and um, hopefully the mental health system, if there are mental health needs. I think that there's more we can do, and there's a lot of work to be done in this area. 
There's uh, a lack of training and education for clinicians. Certainly, there's uh, individuals that are that run into roadblocks. Um, some of those might be um, failure to have access to the right system. It could mean that they have um, been denied treatment or resources. Um, so if in those cases, I think, again, it, it comes down to who is your point of contact in that system? Who can help you um, move over those hurdles and, and break down the, the obstacles that families run into? And I talk to families all the time um, that are frustrated or if you look at the financial impact on a family, um, a, a, a mom, for example, who isn't working outside the home because um, she's advocating for her child and that has taken over her life, uh, I think that we can do better. I think we can support these families and um, and help link people to resources. Um, and I think that um, there's been a lot done from the statewide level in the last um, several years, and I think uh, there's there's more work to do. And I know that's part of your vision. It is, and I think we. Uh, well, I appreciate this. Uh, I think we have covered here in this short time exactly where we want to start, which is understanding the the role that our system plays again early on in establishing contact and building a relationship and continuing that relationship with that family through all the stages that you talked about where appropriate and then building that interdisciplinary team that multidisciplinary team around that family and looking at it from all aspects and beginning to you know deconstruct or identify what you know what the issues are and how we can provide supports that's the summary of the basics isn't it and then we go from there. That's before you ever think about out-of-home placement. That's before all of these long-term commitments. That's just starting from the very beginning. I agree completely. I think that if a family wants to keep their child in the family home, we should do everything possible to support them and make that happen with resources, with education, with training, with linkages. And I know that, um, I know that we can do it. I feel optimistic about that. This is a nice start. As I said, we're going to come back at this as we've got so many more topics to cover around our youth and our and our adults that have behavioral challenges in one way or another or medical challenges that lead to whatever it is, we're going to cover it. But I want to thank you for this because you always want to start from the beginning, I think. Thank you, Director Davis. Appreciate the opportunity. No, it's our pleasure. Thanks for joining us.